On today's broadcast of Truth For Today, what a grown-up church looks like. It's prepared people. Prepared for what? Prepared to serve. Prepared to build up the body of Christ. The body of Christ is to be self-sustaining. Pastor Phil Howard and Truth For Today coming up next. Join us. Our series revolves around this one topic, growing up, spiritually speaking. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Today, we return to Ephesians chapter 4 as we take a look at what a grown-up church looks like and what a grown-up church doesn't look like, sad to say, in many cases today. There's a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to jump right into it. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, again from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, Here's our teacher and pastor now in Ephesians 4, Pastor Phil Howard. When Christ ascended on high, he did two things. He emptied paradise that was in the heart of the earth, and he took it up. And when he got up, he did something else. He gave gifts to his church. This all comes from the Roman general in victory going down the Appian Way in Rome, that he distributed gifts from his conquest. We won the battle. We won the campaign. And so when he would come back to Rome, they'd throw a parade down the Appian Way, and the general is bringing the enslaved that they captured. They're distributing gifts, food, jewels. Hey, I'm a conqueror. I'm a victor. Now notice what it says. Verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. I'm saying he ascended. What does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. The Christ who came down to the earth, the Christ that even went into paradise upon those three days that he was in the grave, this Christ changed paradise. You remember Luke 16, Christ said paradise was separated by a great gulf from a burning hell. Luke 16. But Paul said, I was caught up to paradise. When did paradise go up? It went up at this point. When Christ ascended, he brought all the Old Testament saints with him, moved paradise up there. Paradise isn't in the earth. It's up there now. What changed that? Christ. Christ. What else? Christ gave gifted men. And so... Gifted men have been given to the church, and we want to look at what Christ hoped to accomplish through them. So, what did he give? It says he gave apostles, he gave prophets, he gave evangelists, and he gave pastor teachers. That's what a lot of guys I grew up, because there's a definite article with two nouns, and you can make the two function in one person. 
Some keep it separate. Say, he gave shepherd, pastors, just that, and then he gave teachers. So, uh, some see that one man, two functions, others see two separate men. No matter, he gave these functions for the church. Foundational to the church were the apostles and the prophets. Uh, They gave us the New Testament. They spoke by divine revelation, established churches, and gave the truths and the doctrines that we call ours today foundation. Ephesians 2 said the foundation of the church is built on the cornerstone of Christ, and the apostles and prophets were foundation stones. So that happened within the first century. But the continual gifts that are in the church, he picks up with an evangelist, and then picks up with shepherd teachers. Evangelist, what is this guy? He's a guy that makes proclamation of the gospel primarily to an unsaved audience. Uh, He is someone that can help equip the rest of us how to evangelize, but his focus and his audience primarily is always unsaved. I only know, I, I think we may have one evangelist in this church. I don't know of any more. Are you? Where are the evangelists? Look around you. Who loves to go to an unsaved audience to share the gospel? What do we do? We keep telling it back and forth to each other and arguing over who's got it right. Who says it better? Why don't you go tell it to someone going to hell? Do you know enough gospel to tell a man going to hell how to go to heaven? Well, there's men who are gifted to do it. And you have Philip in Acts 8, and they establish churches. They lead people to the Lord. But so much of church life uh, is aimed at each other, one another, more for us, more for us. And once we get enough folks to make our budget, who needs to evangelize? Just pay the bills. No, 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 no. No. He gave evangelists not only to reach the lost, but to help equip the saints how to reach them. And we desperately need that. Uh, Constantly. Sean's making that effort. Mercy teams. It's like pulling teeth to get people in the church help us in evangelism. It's a downward escalator all the time. Evangelism always dies. It's always dying. It's always going down. Nobody wants to do it. I got mine. But there is that driven gift of evangelism. Then he goes on to talk about pastor teachers. Let's talk about a pastor. That word pastor is the word shepherd. Did you know you could translate 20, the 23rd Psalm this way? The Lord is my pastor, I shall not want. Is the Lord your pastor? He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. The rest of us guys fall short in a thousand ways. But God's people have a shepherd in Jesus. But God actually has gifted men. And by the way, when you see this as a gift and not an office, he's gifted women too. There's gifted women evangelists. There's gifted women shepherds. We just don't make them elders. See, we get confused with the gift and the office. Oh, he's a pastor. Well, then we automatically got an office, maybe wear a clerical card, signs his name reverend. That's not what he's not talking about this at all. He's talking about how they function, how they function. They shepherd people. They help people and comfort them. 
They encourage. Uh, they, they help bring people along. And I don't care what gender you are. If you'll do that, we'll, we'll say you're a shepherd. You're having a shepherding ministry. Oh, matter of fact, we don't care if you do it to children. We don't care who you do it to. Just shepherd. Shepherd. Don't make it an office. It's not that. It's not. It's a function. And then he gave teachers. So what is this guy to be doing? Be shepherding, helping people along in their struggles. That's the shepherding. Uh, shepherding is messy, lonely work. It's not the platform usually. Uh, counseling maybe, adjustments, whatever. Uh, ministering to troubled saints. Then the teacher is the one who is instructing them. Uh, how to live the Christian life. What are the truths? We need help. And Christ says, I'm providing the gifts. Foundation, apostles, prophets. For the continual growth of my church, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Function in the body. Someone has said that a uh, teacher is not necessarily a pastor, but a pastor has to be a teacher. And uh, having... Uh, been flying under the title for years, a uh, pastor. Uh, let me tell you one thing about the church. It is so confused about what a pastor is supposed to be doing. It is no wonder pastors are bailing out of the ministry all the time. We have many leaving. I just read an article where many pastors are committing suicide. They're having an epidemic of it, and it's uh, depression, no job fulfillment, too many expectations, and all of this stuff. What in the world does a pastor, what is he supposed to do? Basically, he's supposed to do what you expect. And that's why the church is in a mess. Nobody knows what they're supposed to do. And everybody's writing the job description. Now, he said, take care of, lead my people while you're teaching them. Ian Murray wrote the life story of uh, John MacArthur, and I've been reading through that. And MacArthur, when he first took Grace Church, he said, first of all, I've got to study 30 hours a week, and then I pick up any other duties. They said, what? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to study 30 hours a week. I'm going to teach the Word. Well, uh, the toilet's running over. I'm not in the toilet ministry. Sister so-and-so needs to be visited. I'll get to it, but at first I'm going to study 30 hours a day, a week. He's kept that up for 42 years, and the church has died. Have any of you ever gone to Grace? There's a seminary. There's a college. There's a church that still runs 13 to 15,000 people. His books, I forget how many, it was 33 million copies of his books and his letters and his articles. 33 million. Have any of you uh, seen his study Bible? That is sold in the millions. I grew up, the pastor was the one that was always to be in your house and have a piece of pie. And we wonder why they all look obese. <laughs> Nothing, not uncommon to be a fatty pastor. And it's the saint's fault. You've fattened the calf for the kill. Uh, see, you haven't fed me well, so I'm skinny. 
Uh, what does this guy do? He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's supposed to be a manager. He's supposed to be an administrator. Best counselor. Wisest on family. Uh, reads the most books of anyone in the church. The holiest man. It's no wonder the guy said, keep the job. Get somebody else to shoot. You got to know, when I step out of here, what kind of guy do you want to vote in? You had no choice as a whole, because none of you were here when I rented a hall and started. None of you. Not even my brother David. She was here in Virginia. Then a bunch of empty chairs. So I had no board, had no membership. I just had a burn to teach the Bible, and I taught it five times a week. And people come to me, we need this program. We need this. We need that. We need. I said, is God calling you to start it? No, my, my, my gift is to see the need. My gift is to tell you what you ought to be doing. I said, no, I do a Bible study for men. I do a Bible study for women. I preach all day Sunday. Matter of fact, I take my mother to lunch uh, on uh, Mondays, take her to breakfast. Is it okay for a pastor to take his mother to breakfast? Well, that's not your job description. Well, it's in my lifestyle. She's worth it. Pretty soon, what do I need to check with? I am supposed to be set aside to be in the Word and in prayer, according to Acts 6, and there hardly any of us do it. Because you're in meeting after meeting, planning that never happens, meetings that uh, are more than you need, this. As it grows, then you've got to become a corporate manager. Stop all this teaching. We already got it. No, no. See, we keep, if we keep having people come here, how many of you have been equipped? Been equipped. There's three things these gifted men are supposed to produce in the body. You're supposed to be equipped. You're supposed to be equipped to serve, and you're supposed to be equipped to build up the body if all pastors died. Number one, be equipped. Verse 12, they are given for the equipping of the body. What does it mean to be equipped? It means to be put in order, to be adjusted. It was used of mending nets. It was used of Christ, a body thou hast prepared for me. It's prepared people. Prepared for what? Prepared to serve. Prepared to build up the body of Christ. The body of Christ is to be self-sustaining. There's no real need that should ever go unmet in this body if every member is functioning like Christ's design. He says that in verse 16. If there's no kink in the ligaments, if there's no kink in the body, because when you get a kink, if you cut off blood in the body, it's going to start dying. But when everything's healthy, <clears throat> the blood's flowing, and there's no kink in the body, and the ligaments are doing what they should, we will build up ourselves in grace. I'll take John MacArthur. He's taught the Word faithfully, accurately, all these years, and the ministry exploded. I mean, books, schools, conferences. And what is, is he a manager? He would uh, repudiate that. I am a teaching pastor, and God equips his people, and when they do what the equipping's intended, the body starts thriving, because all of you are the ministers, not here. I'm to be a saint equipper. You're supposed to be helping me do the work. 
I don't hear you too much. Thank you, Kevin. But, 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 we, but we pay you. We pay you to run the church. There's only one person that can run the church, and that's Christ, unless you've got some bimbos trying to do it. Christ is the head. Do what Christ says. Well, you're, well, you're, well you're, you're there. Yeah, I'm there to do what he said. And that is to equip you for your ministry. And if I'm not doing that, I'm violating the office. Somebody's got to be equipping the saints how to overcome sin, how to live in the home, how to practice right. Just teach them the word. And as they get it and they grow, I experienced this when we started Valley. I didn't do anything but Bible studies. We met on Tuesday night. God has saved a bunch of young people. But people that would come if they wanted programs, I said, we can't offer programs. There's only one of me. I'm a teacher. And I've got a coffee with you. We can counsel. But that's not what I am. I'm here to teach you the word. And I'm telling you, it wasn't but a short time. This ministry jumping up. This happening. That's happening. That got started. Someone's covering that base. No, we had no charts. We had no managers. I had no secretary. I didn't have anybody on staff, just me. And this church just took off. But you can't grow. Well, we did. How do you think we got where we could build this building? God was bringing a bunch of people like you. And people said, I'm coming because I get to hear the word. I'm coming because I get equipped. I don't want a pastor to eat pie with us. Good night. He needs to go on a diet. I need somebody to teach me how to live for God. I need, and I'm going to try to keep him free from all the distractions of people and ministry. I want to keep him, put the plate under the door and say, keep preparing the word and be a man of prayer. And God's liable to build a church. But we're killing preachers because you're not telling them what they ought to be doing. And they don't know what they ought to be doing. Because they keep hearing all your complaints, all your wants, and they want to be everything to everybody. You can't do it. You can't do it. That's why I love this church. I've been able to be me, good or bad. It's your fault. I've grown up with you. And uh, it's wonderful early days. No board, no members. Just show up in a dingy hall and teach the word and sing till the lungs burst. We never had a music practice. We just showed up. If you know the blue books, we wondered if you were saved. God grew a church. And guess what? He said, equip my people, prepare them, adjust them, adjust them. I think of the young men I first got in this church, the Fernandes boys and others. Hey, I started teaching them, and other men resented me that I was going to seminary with. What are you letting novices preach for or teach? Let me tell you what's killing the church. Hear me. I, I was this place was full of it. We're not asking the young people to do anything but sit and hear another sermon. The greatest workforce in this church ought to be 19 to 29-year-olds. You're young. You got the energy. You got the back. What in the world are you? I was the dean of a college at 22. Nobody passed. But I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. Nobody told me I was too young. Because I grew up. You can do anything God wants you to do at any age. What's this? I'm just sat in church and uh, church ain't for me. No, it's not for the lazy non-contributor. Ask my wife when she started teaching children, about 15. 
had a Sunday school class. What class do you teach in this church? You teach any of our children? Ron Hughes has been over there 20 years. Let me tell you, if a bruiser like that, that kind of a man can teach children, you can too. Don't be sitting around, give me another sermon. Oh, you're, oh, you're like a bad film. You're overexposed and underdeveloped. Just eating food won't keep you healthy. You got to exercise. You got to exercise. And some of you, you're not a, you, you've already frozen up. You've locked up. Because you, know, you lay in the hospital bed about a week. You start losing all the strength in your legs. You start all over. Laying around, doing nothing. Your body just starts going down. The body has got to be active. And he said, equip them for works of service. The word here, works of service, the word is so works of ministry. It's our word for deacon. It was used of apostles. It was uh, used of Christ. It was used of a spiritual gift. It's a broad word. Just any kind of service. Don't worry about your gift. Just get in there and serve. It's wonderful when you serve the body of Christ. And so he says, be equipped in order that the body will do the service needed to be done. And then he says, it will build up the body of Christ. And uh, let me give you some body exercises. You want to know how to build up the body of Christ? Here's some simple things. Do any of you know how to encourage a person in the body of Christ? Someone has said that the theme song of most churches ought to be, where seldom is heard an encouraging word, home, home on the range. Or another favorite, to dwell above with saints we love, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. Do you know how to build up the body? Do not encourage. Just come alongside a brother and say, could I encourage you in Jesus? I miss my sister so much. She was an exhorter. And, and to have her as a secretary, especially when the arrows were flying and the storms were on, oh, give me one hazel to the whole church. Because she knew how to encourage. She knew how to lift her hands up in the storm. Did you know that person sitting next to you needs encouragement? Everybody, I want you to just see if you obey. Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want to see if you do an altar call here. Uh, so if the eyes closed, how many of you would love to have an encouraging word said to you today? Raise your hand. Oh, my lands. Yeah. Nearly the whole church. Write them down for a pledge. We all need an encouraging word, don't we? Comfort one another. Because, see, most of you don't want me to visit you because that means it's terminal. You mean the pastor came? You want the others. Because, you know, when I've stood on air hoses before and they died, you know, they, they requested I don't come. Have any of you ever visited a sick person in this church? I'm talking about a serving body. Not a serving, dying pastor that has to be omnicompetent. No, no, no. The body. And we're building. We'll encourage one another comfort one another, forgive one another, bear with one another. There's about 20 of them. Gene Getz put in a little book called Building Up One Another. Have you learned to do body exercise? Who are you building up? Well, to be sure, God has called us to live out what He has put in us, to be doers of the Word. Our series is called It's Time to Grow Up. 
And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We thank you for spending time with us today, and we'll leave you with our address and phone number in the event you would like to contact us. In fact, we would ask you to take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can do so. Simply call us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Another way to reach out to us would be to stop by our website and drop us an email, valleybible.org. Now, we do have a lot of other resource materials available there, as well as a lot of information about who we are and what we believe. You'll find it all again at valleybible.org. And then finally, if you'd really like to let us know how the program is encouraging you, the best way would be to do so in person. Our service times here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules are at 9 and 11. Directions can be found on our website, valleybible.org, or by simply calling 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. For a copy of today's program, simply mention today's date. We'll send a copy out to you just for asking. If you would like the entire five-CD set that today's program was taken from, for a donation of $10 or more, we'll send it your way. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest, 855-833-9864. We do trust we'll hear from you soon and look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.